Hello, welcome to Living Life in Awe. I'm Jerry Bose. Today I have a conversation with my friend Josephine Byrne. Josephine is in the Grand Council here in the Canton of Vaux, and we talk about life in Switzerland. And it's actually, it's, it's quite interesting, it's quite fascinating, because we talk about everything from cutting down trees and the bus stops to music in the communities and how she got started in politics in Switzerland. She's originally from Ireland. It's, it's, if you're familiar with Switzerland and you live here, you're going to love listening to it. And if you're outside of Switzerland, you're going to love listening to it because it's going to be interesting. We talk about all sorts of all sorts of interesting things about life in Switzerland. So let's get started. What I find interesting is the commune invited you to get involved in the commune. Right, like it's not like you went out looking for a position in politics. No, that's true. I didn't. Um, I was contacted by a local political party, and uh, they uh, asked me to join the Conseil Communal because uh, they had a play. Somebody uh, uh, left the the town. You know, the population in Switzerland moves around a lot. Yeah. Somebody had left the Conseil Communal, and they had a space for me. And they asked me if I would join. And I felt very comfortable with that political party. It was the radical party at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, there were two parties that were very, very similar in in, in the Canton de Vaux at the time. The Liberal Party, which was more, uh, you know, people who owned land or property and things like that. Mm -hmm. Very much uh, a a liberal economic uh, philosophy. And the radical party shared a lot of those values. But they also had you know, a, fi- a social fiber. Uh, they were interested in family affairs and social issues uh, to a higher degree, I would say, than perhaps the Liberal Party. And I felt very comfortable with that philosophy because you don't just join a join a group like that without thinking about what they stand for. Right, exactly. So they're the ones that asked you because they had seen you in the community in role, I guess, volunteering. Yes, I worked in the local community for many issues. There's a, 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 a school with spe- for children with special issues mm-hmm. um, in our town. I was part of the committee of that. There was another association called CESAM, which was a, a, a youth organization. They organized activities for teenagers and uh, young adults. And really, they, 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 they offered amazing uh, experience for those children in the sense that they gave them access to computer technology at a time when not all families had it. Yeah, wow. Committee as well for a while. I also did a lot of work uh, in a different context for the School of Music here. The School of Music uh, at the local level is not a conservatoire in the sense that it's classical music. It's more the music of brass bands, wind instruments, percussion, and yeah. they have done fantastic work over the years in Roll uh, and, and created amazing world-class musicians uh, that you probably wouldn't know, but they unbelievable percussionists who have international careers, uh, people who eventually ended up in the Swiss Army brass band. So, I mean, I was fascinated to see the absolutely great work that was being, do- being yeah. done. Yeah, 
And I think it's very interesting, actually, the music part of Switzerland, because I love all the because, you know, I live in this small sort of wine growing region in Switzerland yes. and we have the the Fête de Vendange here and I see all the bands that come through and I was like, wow, where are all these bands coming from? So I guess each town probably has like these bands. Well, historically, every village had a militia and a brass band. The two uh, went yeah. hand in hand. Okay. Uh, not every village has a brass band, um, I suppose, because people do other types of music and things like that. But most regions will have two to three top class bands. For our region, for example, in Roll, there's a top class brass band in Mont sur Roll, mm -hmm. uh, in Perrois, uh, in Gilles Bursin. So that's just out of 11 communes, three, three have a brass band. And like, it, it's, it's just fantastic. Yeah. And it's a it's a historical thing, and they organize competitions and concerts and uh, annual events. And my son, he was the happiest. I was just so impressed when the when they had the last day at school. They had a parade for the children, and the bass band would be there every time. Oh, that's right. You're March right. There is. The I mean, town. I think music is really a very very big part. March through the fun. town with the children. It was just for me uh, amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And it, it just shows you the deep sense of community that exists in Switzerland and the amazing open mindedness to invite somebody like me uh, to join uh, a political party or to allow me to get involved in in benevolent societies or associations. Uh, I mean, that is where life happens in in the Canton de Vaux. Yes, yes, you are absolutely right. Well, like I said, since I live in the small uh, wine growing region, I feel like life happens in the Cavos, you know? That's true too, that is true too. Well, a lot of the gossiping goes on in the Cavos. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Which is wonderful because gossiping happens everybody, everywhere. People are curious, they want to know what's going on. And exactly. Well, you have, exactly. you have a really good position because since you're in politics, I guess you have to go out there and meet as many people as possible and talk to them and understand what are their needs. Exactly. I mean, you can't walk out the door without having a political conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, yesterday evening, I was in Paleo and I met an architect from uh, Veve. And we were discussing a, 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 a huge project in Montreux that was contested by the population. And actually, it will never happen now. It was a construction project for social housing and other types of housing. But, uh, you know, we have a law in Switzerland that was voted in uh, about 10 years ago. It was, it was called the LAT, the, the Loi sur l'aménagement du territoire. Mm -hmm. And the Loi sur l'aménagement du territoire obliges uh, the canton and the, the villages and towns to concentrate the development in the centers. And this project was very close to the center. It was in the countryside. It was still a greenfield project, but it was close to the public transports. It was close to the motorway. It was ideally positioned for development. And the population said no. So what's happening is what I'm seeing happening. I had this conversation last night. I'm seeing that the, the authorities, the federal authorities and the cantonal authorities are obliged to concentrate development in the towns, close mm -hmm. to public transport, yeah. and the population doesn't want it in many cases. They don't want that intensive development or the, the they call it densification, where you increase the density of the population in the centers. So it, it's very interesting. And I'm yeah. not sure we won't be looking at a discussion about that because um, 
I have a feeling if, if several projects are refused like this, they will have to take measures to try and find another a way to handle these kind of issues yeah exactly oh that is so interesting so this person did they know that you were already in the uh parliament in in the canton or well we started? met the first time last night and we introduced each other he explained his life to me and i explained my life to him ah, yeah so yes you quickly get to a level of uh, exchange the very very high level of exchange yeah with people that you bump into i also met uh, um, uh, a, a doctorate uh, in physics last night from Romania, who are also very involved in her community in Geneva. So it's fascinating. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's really, you know, it's kind of interesting because before I moved to Switzerland, I've been living here for many years. But before I moved here, I always thought it was very, uh, like everyone was the same. It wasn't so international and people were, you know, not very nice to foreigners and there weren't actually not too many foreigners. And this is completely, completely incorrect. I mean, it is such an international uh, environment, especially where we are, I guess, in this Lac Lemon region, which I think is just fantastic. Well, we're also, uh, you have to be aware that the Canton de Vaux is also a very agricultural society. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I come from an agricultural background. I, I was raised on a farm. And uh, it's, it's interesting, the agricultural culture is there. And I could connect with that. I could understand the issues for the, for, for the farmers as well as for uh, the, the rest of the population in terms of the social issues and things like that. So... Yeah, I, I think I was lucky to come to this region in a way yeah. uh, because the Canton de Vaux was occupied uh, historically by the Bernois mm -hmm. uh, until they got their independ the independence in the 19th century. Ireland was occupied by the British for very many <laughs> hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. uh, I came from an agricultural background. This is an agricultural background. And interestingly enough, the flag from my county for all the football uh, matches is green and gold, <laughs> and the, 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 the flag for uh, uh, Roll is green and gold, but inverted. Yeah. And you can believe this, my name is Josephine, and the church in Roll is called St. Joseph's. Oh, so, my goodness. <laughs> I sometimes think I was destined to be here. For exactly. Some, for one reason or another. Exactly. That is fantastic. So, um, yeah, so let's, I mean, it's, it's really interesting, the life here in Switzerland. And, well, most of my listeners are actually Swiss, so they're going to be like, yeah, we know all this stuff. But I do have listeners outside of Switzerland, so hopefully this, this conversation is also interesting for them. Well, I, ho I hope the Swiss people that will listen, your friends and your, your community, mm -hmm. will enjoy hearing that somebody from my background feels so happy and uh, welcomed in their canton and that they've given me a place to represent them in a way. Exactly. Yeah. If we back to my political career, I did about 10 years in the Conseil Communal, but then I went on to become a member of the municipality, which was the town government. And that's another fascinating experience because uh, it's based on the, the, the concept of collegiality. Five people are elected in role. Sometimes it's seven, sometimes it's more in, in the larger communes. And they are obliged to work together and to respect uh, the secrecy of the debates. And once a decision is made by the college, uh, the municipality, it has to be respected by the, the five people or the seven people or the nine people uh, because it's a, a joint decision. So even if you didn't agree with a certain issue, you have to, to, to play the game properly and not 
betray your colleagues publicly. Luckily, I, I had marvelous colleagues in the municipality and a, a wonderful team spirit. And we, we faced the challenges together. We worked together on the different projects that we were pushing forward at the time. And it was very interesting. Yeah, well, I think it's it's really interesting because uh, I'm thinking as you're as you're saying that is it starts from the very small communities, but the same concept goes all the way up to the federal government. It's again the same thing. The different political systems have yes. to agree. I mean, it works actually quite nicely in Switzerland. It does indeed, and it doesn't concentrate power uh, on one person. No, um, that's very, very comfortable as well. You know, you don't feel alone. You don't have the ultimate responsibility like the prime minister of England or the prime minister of France mm -hmm. or the ch chancelier allemand. Uh, it, it's a different system, but it works very, very well. And there's always a head of the there's there's always the head of the of the of the municipal government, which is the syndic, or the head of the government cantonal, which is the the, the, the President du Conseil d'État, and then you've got the president of the uh, Conseil Fédéral, mm -hmm. and and that that particular one it turns every year, so it's not every person, it's not the same person every year, so it right. is very interesting. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. And the president, they serve in the federal government for like one year, and then they go back to another position within well, the that's federal their, government. their normal position responsible for their department. Yeah, exactly. So you're always it's very interesting because you're always working with everyone in the system to okay. get the laws, mm -hmm. you know, I don't well, know, settled, I, I guess. I won't make it sound like it's a, a, a all paradise. Fair, <laughs> it's not all fair sailing. I mean, every time there is a problem in town, the first thing, the first person who is contacted is the person responsible for that department. So yeah. you do spend your time troubleshooting a lot when uh, people can get pretty, you know, um, annoyed about certain things like this initiative in 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 Montreux so yeah it it, it comes with its its responsibilities and you have to be I was always very aware that the money that I was spending for my department was was the money of the taxpayers and I had to be very careful with that and I was and I did my level best to keep the costs of any of the projects that I was doing to an acceptable level and not go above and beyond yeah, exactly. That's what, yeah. what are some of the what are some of the um, I don't want to say complaints. I'm putting them in quotes in air quotes. Complaints that you hear from the the citizens of of your town because I'm sure it's the same for most towns. Well, I was responsible for the harbor, so um, every time there was a problem between two proprietors of boats or okay, a technical yeah. issue or something like that, it it came straight straight to me. And if there was a problem at the beach, uh, came straight to me because I was responsible for domain and things like that. Okay. One of the biggest issues we faced during uh, the uh, legislature from 2011, 2016, we had a social housing building go up in flames. One evening. And like that was dramatic because we had, you know, over a mm hundred -hmm. people, families, children, uh, people with, with mental difficulties who from one minute to the next had nowhere to live. Oh my goodness, wow. So uh, the, uh, I mean, the civil uh, service were out uh, to help us to organize things. Uh, the fire brigade, of course, with technical issues. I mean, this was a big building. They had to bring very large um, uh, uh, fire, fire engines 
And one of the issues that we were, were worried about, we had to get an engineer, would the would the roof, the parking lot, take the weight of this machine, this this uh, fire engine? Oh my gosh, can you imagine? Like, so oh. you, like, like, of course, I mean, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know the answer to that. So you, you have to look and see who you can find to answer these kind of questions. This happened at six o'clock in the, well, at five, from five to six in the evening, people were going home. We had to, to find the engineer that could tell us, find the, the place who knew who built this building. Luckily, it was a, a, a cooperative d'habitation in town. They had the plans. Uh, we were able to solve that issue relatively quickly. Uh, we had smaller fire engines as well. But by midnight, this happened between five and six, by midnight, everybody except two people uh, had found an, an alternative place to sleep that night. Thanks to an amazing response from the region. Uh, we worked with WhatsApp a lot, uh, with WhatsApp groups and things like that to mobilize the population. And people just went on and said, we've got a room, we've got a flat. Oh, wow. That. that is impressive. And in the following days, the amount of clothes and uh, shoes, uh, because people didn't have anything, they could not go back into their homes. Yeah, uh, they were allowed back in. We had to we had to make sure that the place was secured so there would be no robbing. Uh, yeah. You know, that's a sad reality as well. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was an amazing an amazing experience. But that was that was probably the most dramatic issue that we had to deal with as a municipality during that legislature. Well, it's kind of nice, I guess, when you are kind of a leader in your own town because you're using your leadership skills and you're also helping your own community. That's kind of nice, you know. You're you're really there in the thick of things. And now you're you're not really in the political system of your town. Now you're in the state legislative. Yes. So how is that? Is, are the problems bigger or do you feel a little bit, I don't know, a little bit disconnected from your community because you're probably busier now than before? I don't know. No. Um, if, I, if I go back to my cantonal career, it started during my political career in role. I became involved with the Fan PLR, which were the the, the women's uh, section of my party, which is the PLR. And uh, during that time, this was back in 2009, 2008, 2009, we worked with the Liberal Party Women's Group and the Radical Party's Women's Group to launch an initiative to, uh, uh, to demand, in fact, that uh, daycare facilities and after-school facilities would be created mm -hmm. for the because we noticed that a lot of women couldn't work because they couldn't find a place for their children to go during the day. Yeah. And economically, that was a bad idea, but it was also very bad to lose those competence. These women who are highly trained very often and sometimes less highly trained, but who needed money as well to work and live. Yeah. Uh, so we, we, we developed this text that was going to be a public initiative, which meant we had, would have collected, uh, how would you say, um, uh, signatures and things like that to get it passed as a law but it turned out that another party uh, found out about that and it leaked as things do in politics and it became a parliamentary initiative and went through so I was very proud of that for for the women and the generations who have come uh, afterwards yeah they have much better access to uh, daycare facilities mm -hmm. for their children and now, this started when did you say 2008 2008 2009 so yeah then in 2011, I joined another association, which was called the ADCV. It was the Association of uh, Vaudois Communes. 
and uh, they were uh, always they were highly um, against some of the costs that were being transferred to the commune from the cantonal level. So I militated for that for uh, the best part of 10 years and got basically nowhere, as you do. Sometimes in politics, you, yes. there are some things that just don't move. Yeah. And when I left that association with a friend of mine, Pierre-André Romanons, we law, law, did launch a public initiative to, demo, to demand a better uh, uh, sharing out of the costs linked to the Factory Social, which is uh, you know, the revenue uh, for insertion uh, and, and other different po policies like subsidies for uh, the uh, health insurance premiums that people have to pay. Right. So uh, we didn't contest these, uh, these costs. We contested how they were shared between the Conte and the Commune. And we got our uh, text through. We got over 13,000 signatures. And uh, as we speak, there is a project on the table from the government that has just passed the two general assemblies of the major association of commune in in the canton so i'm also very proud of that because we could not go on that way it was yeah. it was going on for too long we were getting nowhere and finally we seem to have found a solution well i wasn't involved in these negotiations but the two associations have come to an agreement with the government and put in place very i think very good a project based on the right principles. Yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting. I'm listening to you talk. And uh, th what's so good about just the audio is I just listen to your voice and I hear the passion that <laughs> you have to help and serve. I mean, really, I hear the service, the passion for service so greatly. And yeah. did you always have this passion to serve or is it something that you developed while you're in politics? I think it's a question of opportunity. As I said, I, 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 I got the opportunity to get involved in the, in the uh, how do you say, benevolent societies or associations of mm -hmm. the community. The volunteers, yeah. A little bit by accident, a little bit by, um, by the contacts that you make and you know you meet people and you get on and a conversation starts and then you say, well, would you join us? And you go in there thinking, I'm not sure what I can do for these people, but I'm willing to try. Yeah. And so I did try and I just loved it. Yeah. I loved being involved. So it's it's a two-way thing. You know, yeah. we're talking about me serving, but I can honestly say that I have loved doing that. I have loved being involved with these different communities, these different people, these amazing individuals that I've been lucky enough to work with. Yeah. And I think uh, it really is a two-way street. Yeah, And it was good for me. And if I've been doing good while I've been doing that, I'm very happy to. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I, can, I really hear like your passion to serve. And I think it's just it's fantastic because only recently have I been getting involved with like creating a community. And I think it's like when you see yourself making an impact, even if it's just one or two person's lives, I think that helps you to keep moving forward in this place of like serving the other, you know? Yes. And <clears throat> I think politics is, is a great place to, to go and, and to do this, especially in Switzerland where I think it's not so, um, it's, I don't know, I guess sometimes I, I look at the US politics and I feel like it's so dramatic, you know? And it's not so dramatic here in Switzerland where we're trying our best to, to work together. Well, people are trying their best to work together. Sometimes people get involved in politics and they have complex characters as well. It's not always 
plain sailing. Huh? Mm -hmm. Work together as a team in a in a municipality or in a government, and if you're lucky, it's fantastic. And I was very lucky, but there are cases where uh, certain villages have been put, uh, as they say, under tutel, where the government has had to nominate people to go in and try and make the the the, the team work again, make the municipality work together. Oh my! Wow, I hope it's not too many of that. It can get uh, quite dramatic as well. I was lucky enough, as I said, to be in a dream team yeah. when I was in the municipality in Roll. And uh, but it's not always that easy. Uh, people, people can can can. It can be really hard. Yeah, I've seen uh, municipalities that did not work, where one person that didn't work, it can really cause deep pain and anguish, and. And, and, and legal problems for the rest of their colleagues. And it, that is really hard. Yeah, well, I guess people get emotional because we're talking about, you know, like your home. Also, the other thing about it in Switzerland is like, well, we recently became Swiss and you basically where you decide is your home, it kind of stays with you for generation and generation, right? Yes. Like our home will be in Lutri. And so like Emily's, you know, Emily will always be known like she's from here, from Lutri, you know. So yeah. it's there's so much of your identity is tied to your community. So yeah. I think that's why people get very emotional about, you know, what's happening in their in their in their towns. Well, I don't know a lot about other political systems. The closest other political system that I would know is the Irish system. Mm -hmm. where everything is centralized. Uh, you, you, you are a representative of your region. Yes, there are electoral regions uh, in the counties and you become a parliamentarian at the, at the, at the national level. But it, it's, it, and they do, I mean, all these politicians, they do hold clinics in, in the towns and, and, and villages of Ireland, but not in all of them. They can't do that in the way that we can because every town and village, a village of 300 people still has its municipality and it's parliament. So it's a much deep, it's so deeply ingrained. The whole political system is so deeply ingrained in the population. Uh, and that is very, very different to what I, I see in other uh, nations. Yeah, it is very deeply ingrained. You're right. And I think, I think it, I think it has to do with how you're like someone from um, another country said to me, it's so interesting, like everyone wants to talk about like where they came from. Like if you say, oh, you're from Lausanne, but you're really from Puy, yes. <laughs> which is only like 10 minutes apart. They're like, no, 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 I'm not from Lausanne. I'm from Puy, you know, like people really want to like talk about their small towns that they, they come from, you know, they don't mm -hmm. want to be associated with like this big, uh, big place, okay. which, which I find interesting. But they raise the towns raise taxes. That money has to be invested. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the towns have certain competences. Uh, they're responsible for the, uh, the 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 freshwater system, the uh -huh. the sewerage systems, the roads, uh, the parks, their buildings. I mean, many of many of the villages have absolutely amazing historical buildings. Yes, yeah. Well, we have the chateau in Puy. They have le prieuré in Lausanne. Uh, there's the cathedral, there's, I mean, there are just amazing buildings all over the county. There are castles yeah. in many, many of the villages. Yeah. And very often they, they belong to the commune. Then, of course, there are the schools. Uh, there are the um, different technical buildings that they have. And some some mm -hmm. towns have developed as, how would you say that, 
property developers, they own apartments. Yeah. What, what do you mean by that? Um, certain towns uh, have invested in buildings on land that they owned, and they are actually proprietaire immobiliere. They own apartments that they rent to the population. Right. They have sufficient money to invest themselves in buildings. Oh, the commune. Yes. Oh. Yes. Okay. yes. Oh, I, I wasn't quite understanding. I'm like, what is she talking about? The commune has purchased the land and they can they can build a building there. And the exactly. advantage of that is what? They can decide to do like sort the, of... The advantage of that is linked to the issue that I spoke a little bit about before, which is the, the, the sharing of, of the social cost between the canton and the commune. Ah, yes. Any money that the commune raises from real estate or a harbor or any other financial, um, how do you say, um, gain directly to themselves is not considered, is not shared with the others. It's not shared in the Factorio Social. It is, oh. it belongs to the town. It's the town's patrimoine, their, oh, their, I see. their wealth and their historical wealth. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I see what you mean. No, but you know, it makes actually it makes a big difference the the wealth of the commune because especially like if you have a big big town like Lausanne and then you have smaller towns around it and then you want to do like a bus system as your bus is going from Lausanne to your smaller towns all the the, the smaller towns has to pay for the the bus line too. No, yes, I mean they do. And in your region, there is uh, there was uh, what they call uh, bus à haute capacité. They were they were much larger buses with uh, they they could carry more people. Yeah, and the commune that uh, was involved in that because it went from the west side of Lausanne right the way through to Pode. Right, so right through uh, right through the 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 the, the baseline of Lausanne. And through all these other communes who are in the middle, we like Pri on one side and Podé, Puy, Lutri on the other. Yeah. And Podé just said, we can't afford it with the yeah. amount of money we're paying to the, uh, to the, um, to the Bacchio Social. We cannot afford to build the quality of road that you need to carry these buses because they're, they're heavier. Mm -hmm. So you have to adapt the infrastructure underneath and make the, consolidate the road a, a little bit. And, it, and they just said it was going to cost them too much. Now I'm not sure where that issue is now, I'm sure there are huge negotiations going on to try and find a solution. Yeah, but, but this one, okay, this is very interesting. We're talking about this because I find this issue very interesting because Pode is a very small town. And I'm thinking, how many bus stops do you possibly have in Pode? Maybe one? And I, I, yeah, I, 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 yes, you're right. It's, it's maybe one kilometer or two or three kilometers of road. But it's expensive for them to carry that. Right. No, I no, I, I agree with you. But what I guess what I was thinking is like, okay, but then why doesn't Lutri like help them out financially and uh, say, okay, Podea, I understand you only have one bus stop, you know, we'll we'll help you to, to pay for that or something. You know, like I was wondering, like, how does it get divided, the finances for something like that when you have, you know, Puri on one side, which is a very big commune was probably has a lot more money than Pode and, and so does Lutri. Uh, they don't necessarily have more money actually because those th those three communes uh, are actually part they're, 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 they're three communes who pay a lot for the the social costs shared by the canton, the three of them oh. and they're all suffering uh, uh, from the lack of money for their own investments. 
But Pode really, really reveals the problem because the law dictates that the commune are responsible for the kilometers of roads that are in their commune. And they cannot delegate that cost and they cannot privatize that piece of road because it belongs to the commune. Yeah. And so you cannot say that, okay, Lutri is going to buy that piece of road and pay for it or some other commune. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I'm simplifying. I'm simplifying the situation. Not legally possible. So yeah, uh, when you have, uh, I think there were eight or nine communes involved in this. Uh, this is off the top of my head, so please don't hold me responsible <laughs> if I've said some, uh, said something wrong. Yeah. But uh, they, the, the whole project was was imperiled by the fact that this commune could not afford the cost involved in redoing this piece of road. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I mean, I had remembered this because it, it impacted, it impacted us, you know, because we were like, what does Pode mean? They can't afford it. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Uh, they have the responsibility, but they have to have the financial wherewithal to be able to do it. But how does it work actually? Do you, is it like, uh, do you, since Pode is so small, do they have, do, is their portion a lot smaller than let's say Pui or Lutri's? Oh, it would be. It would okay. be much smaller. But their financial capacity, uh, what they're able to invest, uh, they just didn't have the wherewithal to cover those costs yeah. long term. Even yeah. if it's an investment that will be uh, amortized over a 30-year period, uh, it's still... It was still too much. It was still too much, yes. And and I and it's actually, I think it's a quite well-to-do community, but I guess that doesn't really help them that much. Well, well by the time they've, I, I, the, the problem is the more you, it, the perversity that was in the former uh, or the actual way of sp spend, sharing the costs uh, for the social costs between the canton and the commune, it was done on the, on the value of the, Point d'impôt. This is very technical. Yeah. Every commune raises taxes and they have different taxation rates. Right. But when you divide the taxation rate into the amount of taxes you earn, it gives you a number. And the higher that number is, perversely, the less money you have for yourself. Oh. So okay. that is why Pode was under pressure. Okay. They, had a high, they actually do have high tax revenues. But once you uh, share the cost for the social costs on the basis of the, the, the amount that you earn, the people who earn the most pay a lot more than anybody else. And it actually means that they can't, they don't have the means to invest for themselves. It's very technical again. Oh my. Um, and I, I, I hope it's my podcast isn't too technical, but uh, <laughs> no, no, no. that is the reason why Pode could not afford to, to pay. Okay, I I'm I'm happy. We're, I mean, this is very very just talking about my little region here. But my husband and I were having a discussion on this, and I was saying to him, I don't understand. Pode is such an you know such a rich commune. Why can't they afford this bus? You know, why can't they afford the money for the for the road for this bus? This is ridiculous. Because they were being scalped somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Were, most of their money was going for not their community, but for the general community all over the canton. Yeah. And that, that's one of the things that has been, you know, corrected with the, 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 the new legislation that is coming, coming shortly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand the, con the theory behind wanting to do that because you're trying to even things out. Mm -hmm. But I guess it's not perfect, you know, that the, con the theory is let's even things out, but it doesn't always work that way. 
No, and and they're 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 they you know sometimes when you enact a law, I'm sure when people enacted this law, nobody forecast that no. these kind of distortions were going to appear. No. So I do. I mean, I was involved in the negotiations for ten years, and and, and we did try to fix them, but they were never fixed properly, and there were always other side effects elsewhere in the system. So okay. it became too complex with too many perverse. Uh, perverse side effects, if you like, I'm using a medical term now, Yeah. side effects that, that created individual problems all over the place. And uh, I mean, politically, in the end, everybody was in agreement that it could not go on like this. Um, yeah, and also I feel like the economic situation of each one of these cantons is sort of, it's, I don't know if the word, correct word is lopsided, but some cantons are like very, very well-to-do and then some of them are not well-to-do yes. at all, you know? Exactly. And so I don't know how you even out the revenue. Well, they have they have a periquation uh, intercantonal as well, where the richer cantons pay uh, an, a, 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 an amount into a kitty, which is oh. then shared out on, diff, on the basis of different principles with the other canton. Okay, yeah, yeah, you'd have to do something like that because I really see the discrepancy between the small communities yeah. and uh, the richness of it. Yeah. Um, so all of these things have to be enacted in laws. They all have to have a legal basis. So mm -hmm. for the Commune in the Canton de Vaux, a new law is going to be put forward to the Parliament in September and there will be a debate about it. Maybe, maybe it'll be modified, maybe it'll be adapted a tiny bit. It depends on how the debate goes. Mm -hmm. But um, that's the work in the parliament. The, 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 the government is responsible for preparing laws and presenting them to the Grand Conseil, for example, the law on energy, mm -hmm. the law about violent, domestic violence and things like this, but also the law uh, on the Periquation Communal, which is the sharing of the costs, but social, social costs for the commune. Oh, right. So yeah. debated, and uh, yes, that's where my parliamentary work comes in. Wow. Well, I mean, you're I'm sure you're doing like amazing, amazing work because I see how much you care about about people, really, you know. Yes, yes there are always people behind any of the decisions we make in the parliament. Exactly. They have an impact on people, on people's lives, yeah. on the lives of the town governments, on yeah. the, the lives of the community in general. And yes, it's very important and has to be done very carefully. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a member of two permanent commissions committees at the parliament, the public health committee. Yeah. And also I'm a member of the, uh, the committee for uh, institutional law and political rights. Wow. So, I was thinking, you know, uh, one of my neighbors, she has this big tree in her yard. And yeah. as the tree goes onto the sidewalk and drops I don't know, pine cones or whatever, the commune like comes over to her and says, you need to clean this up, which mm -hmm. I thought was so interesting because here it is, you know, the commune is like, I want to make sure that all my citizens are safe. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, um, there <laughs> in most towns, there's something called the, the, the tree committee. Yeah. And if you have trees on your property, which are older trees or things like that, they, they are protected. And you cannot just cut a tree down in your garden like that, you know. No, you cannot. Uh, over a certain uh, size of trunk, you have to get the, the, the tree committee in 
and they will judge whether you you can or cannot uh, cut that tree down. Exactly. Now, if the tree is sick, there's no problem. I mean, there's no choice. You have to cut it down. But people get very upset about cutting trees down. Yes, tr I noticed that. Yeah, the tree now, cutting I mean, is, have, is a very serious matter here. We have a lot of uh, plantain trees, platan. They're, they're the ones that uh, the ducks nest in sometimes because they develop cavities inside. And they can become quite dangerous and you have to cut them down. But people get very hot under the color if all of a sudden one of those beautiful trees is cut down. But yes. there is the issue of public safety. Yes, we. I have seen it. I have personally witnessed people getting emotional about trees being cut down in my in my neighborhood. So I, I totally agree. Well, it's, it's nice to have a lot of trees, but I think the there's like there's always this debate between the trees and you know the view that we all have everybody wants to have a view on the lake and the mountains so there's always this debate between the trees and the view so it, it's it's quite fascinating actually exactly thank you thank you thank you so much i'm going to um end our beautiful conversation here i'm sure you are quite busy um, but thank you so much. This was very enlightening for me. I always wanted to ask these questions and understand the, the Poche incident with the bus. So thank you so much. Really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate a positive review and a positive rating. Plus, if you could share it with your friends and family, it would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. See you next time.